Hello and welcome to Nightcap with Jim. I'm the titular Jim and tonight we'll be discussing three projects that uh, utilize unique storytelling. For more content you may enjoy, please check out our Morning Mugami podcast and our other social media at Mugami Players on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and YouTube. Let's get into it. So, uh, some of you may have guessed what the first topic of the night is. If you're listening to this on Anchor and you heard the uh, music I was, u- I was using, um, Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, uh, with Andy Samberg and uh, the other members of the Lonely Island. Uh, I decided to go with kind of what, uh, you know, kind of the least unique to the most unique and the reason pop star is least unique is because it uses the mockumentary format which we've all seen time and time again uh that's not that's not to say it's a bad thing um because to be quite honest i love the mockumentary format and i don't really ever get tired of of seeing it uh used in different ways uh it's really fun uh for me and um i just really enjoy it a little fun fact um I mean, I'm not sure if it's the earliest use of it, but definitely one of, if not the earliest use, uh, you would probably think, oh, you know, Trailer Park Boys or, you know, the UK office or something like that. Actually, the uh, earliest thing I've ever seen that used the mockumentary format was a little TV show called MASH uh, way back when, and they did two episodes, um, the interview and... uh, I forget if it's called The Interview Part 2 or whatever, but um, this uh, journalist comes to... If you don't know what MASH is, it's a uh, dramedy um, about doctors serving in a MASH unit, mobile army surgical hospital in, during the Korean War. And so this uh, reporter comes in to do you know a piece on uh, the unit, and so there's lots of interviews mixed with... Um, uh, footage from previous shows, so it's actually a mockumentary and a clip show all at the same time, so, you know, when I finally get around to doing my big MASH special, uh, you'll, uh, you'll really, uh, see just how, uh, you know, diverse, uh, that show is and how much, you know, it definitely, uh, inspired people going forward. But anyway, back to Popstar, which is what I'm supposed to be talking about. Um, so, Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Um, I love this movie. I think it's it's great. Uh, it's so ridiculous and absurd uh, as The Lonely Island is wont to be. Um, I actually used to not be too big a fan of The Lonely Island, and then, um, you know, I don't know what it was, but uh, something clicked, and now I'm just a huge fan, you know. Uh, I think it might have been something that Andy Samberg did on Saturday Night Live, this uh, video, uh, this uh, skit, um, a musical number, where his character is on uh, cocaine, um, and it's just absurd. Uh, so I was like, "Well, I gotta look at look into this a little bit more." Um, <laughs> and then you know, I'm on a boat, and uh, and you know, I just had sex and all these, you know, great, absurd, silly, ridiculous songs, you know, uh, and, uh, I just love it now, you know, and Popstar definitely adds to that, uh, especially the music, uh, I love the songs in, in this movie, um, 
they're just so they're so funny and, and silly, but you know they're also like good songs. You know, I think you know, uh, "Finest Girl" I think is a really great song as well as being really funny. You know, and same thing with "I'm So Humble" and "Hunter the Hungry" and you know all these really really great tracks. You know. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing just thinking about them because they're so they're just so hilarious. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, just all these amazing songs and and they utilize they really um, get the most uh, they really get the most bang for their buck uh, using this uh, mockumentary format um, to tell this story because I just I don't think that this movie would have worked very well if it, they just shot it like a regular movie uh, and didn't have this mockumentary format to help them out. Um, it definitely just adds so much to, you know, the comedy and the drama and the storytelling. Um, and and that's, that's always... See, like, that's the thing you want from projects is you want them to use the best format, the best style of storytelling so that, you know, you as an audience member can get the most out of uh, the experience of, of watching that particular project. And this mockumentary format is, is just perfect. And there's just so many good jokes um, that are only possible because of this mockumentary format. For instance, um, just a, a little, uh, you know, there's a scene where, you know, album sales aren't going. So actually, let me back up. If you don't know what Popstar is... Uh, it's Andy Samberg, and he plays this character, Connor For Real, who's, you know, um, a rapper, kind of pop star-ish kind of character, and people have, some people have, you know, likened him to um, Justin Bieber because of, you know, his, uh, uh, you know, crazy, you know, wild shenanigans that he gets into, and there are a couple of parallels, um, but, uh, you know, Connor For Real is m definitely more of a rapper, uh, than, than, you know, straight-up pop star. So, uh, you know, eh. I mean, there is, you know, he does take a poop in the Anne Frank house, so there is there is that. Um, but but anyway, so he's he, he used to be in a group called Style Boys with, uh, you know, and uh, these are the Style Boys, uh, the other two members are played by the other two members of The Lonely Island, and... Uh, you know, some stuff happens and they split ways. Uh, one of the members splits off and the other is regulated, you know, kind of demoted from being, you know, one of the three front men to just a DJ. And then he gets that taken away from him and is basically just standing up there and he pushes play on an iPod. Um, <laughs> so, so Connor for real is definitely, his ego has definitely gotten the best of him. Uh, when we meet, uh, when we meet him, uh, uh, when the story, uh, uh, when we meet him in the story, and so, you know, everybody's looking forward to his second solo album, um, Conquest, and so you have all these great interviews with these celebrities, like, you know, <laughs> like, like Simon Cowell, you know, and Simon Cowell saying that Connor For Real is a genius is just one of the funniest things <laughs> I've ever seen, it's just so, like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, but then all these great, you know, cameos, um, from, you know, 
uh, artists and actors um, that are on the album, like uh, you know, like Pink singing um, this song um, about you know gay rights, uh, and you know to put it into context, this is you know quite some time after the Supreme Court decision to you know support gay marriage. So it's like you know it's just it's just so ridiculous, but um, uh, but it's it's just it's just so much fun and so you know so this scene you know this joke uh, that totally you know um, feeds off of the mockumentary style format is you know um, Connor's talking to his his manager and uh, you know the album sales aren't going so hot and so you know he gets a little frustrated and he's like camera guys turn the cameras off and they turn the cameras off and so then we just have a transcript um, from from the audio because they're still recording audio and then it just turns into a transcript of what's happening and they get attacked by bees and uh, this one particular bee is like ginormous I guess, I don't know because we don't get to see it and then Connor pulls out a flamethrower and you know, whoosh and, all, and then they're like Tell me you got that. Tell me you got that. And they're like, no, man, you told us to turn the cameras off. <laughs> so it's, so a lot of like really great, you know, style jokes, you know, that are, that, you know, uh, come out of them using, you know, a documentary crew following, uh, following them around, uh, you know, and then, you know, later in the movie, you know, like, uh, they, you well, nah, I'll leave, I'll leave that one for you if you, well, okay, well, no, it's not that, it's, so it's like, so, well, nah, no, I'll, nah, I'll, I'll leave that one, I'll leave that one lying, so, in, just in case, you know, you want to, you, you haven't seen it and you want to, um, but it's just such a fun movie, you know, it, it's, but at the same time, it's also, you know, kind of, um, it, it can hit you where you live in, in a certain way, because it, it's about friendship, you know? And uh, the relationship these three these three guys have with each other, you know, this just uh, you know brotherhood kind of thing, and you know having that fractured, and then trying to put the pieces back together and become best friends again. Uh, so you know it, it's 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 got that's got that kind of great stuff, and that's what I think Andy Samberg and the Lonely Island are good at. Um, because they are friends, you know, they're not just bandmates and whatnot, they're actually all really good friends together, and so to see the three of them, you know, play this whole scenario out where, you know, they're they're in a group together and then they're not, and then do we get back together, how do we get back together, how do we fix this, this you know, splintered, fractured, broken relationship, you know, and, uh, and it's just, it's just really, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of beautiful, um, you know, um, <laughs> I can see it, you know, I can see that stuff, uh, even when it's just, you know, a silly comedy movie, but, uh, it is, there is some over-the-top kind of stuff going on, so, you know, it's definitely not for everybody, I will say that, um, you know, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like, I think that's something anybody could enjoy, you know, because it's not too far this way or too far that way, you know, in any sense, whether it be, you know, like, politics or, you know, socioeconomic issues or, you know, anything like that. Um, but Popstar definitely has some stuff that's just, like, some crude humor, some, like, you know, this kind of, and, like, eh. So, um, you know, 
definitely like I would look into it a little bit more if if you're not the kind of person that just enjoys all kinds of comedy or or whatever. You know, you, you it's definitely not the kind of thing for everybody. Like I would probably recommend listening to the soundtrack first if you haven't seen the movie, um, just to kind of feel out uh, if if this movie might be for you. Uh, so you know, just just take that in stride. Um, but yeah, it's it's just great. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna take a quick break. Come back, and we're gonna be talking about Hardcore Henry. Be right back. Stay tuned. All right. So Hardcore Henry. Um, if you don't know about this movie, I think that you should, uh, because in my personal opinion, you know, um, it's one of the greatest action movies ever made. Uh, and the reason because of that is its unique format of storytelling, which is first-person perspective all the way through from start to finish. And uh, so, for all intents and purposes, it's a first-person shooter movie. Um, <laughs> and it's spectacular. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just mind-blowingly incredible. Now, again... Um, might not be for everybody if you like suffer from motion sickness or you know uh, like flashing light stuff or whatever because um, it can be disorienting and a little bit like make you want to you know because it's pretty crazy because um, like I said it's first person so you feel like you're going through all this stuff and so you know when Henry you know gets kicked off an overpass and falls you know 80 feet onto <laughs> onto the roof of a uh, a van you're you're you are experiencing that so you know you got to keep just keep that stuff in mind if you decide to watch this movie uh, if you haven't yet but uh, it is spectacular it's amazing and uh, you know it's just executed so well and so uh the way this movie came about, I'm going to tell you a little bit of backstory about how this movie came to be, and then I'm going to tell you about the movie itself, um, for those of you who haven't seen it. Um, a, a filmmaker by the name of Ilya, and I'm going to try to pronounce this right, Nyshuller, Ilya Nyshuller, N-A-I-S-H-U-L-L-E-R, Nyshuller? Nyashuller? You get the... You get what I'm... I, sometimes I'm bad at pronouncing things. <laughs> but anyway, um, Ilya uh, made a... Uh, and some of you may have seen this because it was floating around on the internet and was super-duper popular. But Ilya did, you know, a couple of videos in this style, this first-person shooter short films that were really amazing, you know? Uh, and they utilized, you know... Um, the gunplay, but also uh, a lot of uh, martial arts and parkour as well. And you put all that together, and with the first-person shooter, uh, you know, format, and you get something really unique and really special. And uh, I remember seeing these videos before the movie and popped up, you know, before you know even the idea of the movie came about, and just being so blown away by, you know, how incredible, um, how incredibly well done these, uh, little shorts were done, and just being like, and just thinking to myself, wow, like, that's amazing, um, 
if any of you remember Doom, I just want to say this before I go too far because, um, you know, I can I can already hear the uh, the wheels turning in some some people's heads. Like, hey Jim, don't you remember Doom with Carl Urban and The Rock? Didn't that have a first person sequence? Yes, it did. Uh, to be fair, that movie is based on a game that is a first person shooter, so. That's kind of expected. So Doom may get credit for first, per, you know, first first-person shooter uh, sequence, but uh, Hardcore Henry really takes it up a notch. So um, it's just really great, you know. And then so you know these little shorts were out there floating around, and uh, you know some people came to Ilya and were like, "Hey, what do you think about doing like a movie?" And Ilya was like, "Yeah, let's do that." Um, so. <laughs> So this movie was in development and then production and then po uh, post-production and then just waiting to be released out here in America for a long time. I mean, I remember hearing about this movie and being like, okay, when's it coming out? 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 Just over and over and over again. And I would check, you know, every week or two weeks, every, you know to see when the release date was going to be because I heard about this movie very, very early on in the process and whenever that happens I can get extraordinarily frustrated that it doesn't come out fast enough, <laughs> you know because um, it's, it's it's the kind of you know, when, when I see something and I'm like oh, that looks, that sounds or looks like it's going to be amazing you know, and I put it on my watch list on IMDB and I'm just like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for it um, you know it, it just drives me insane sometimes. So I was waiting for this movie for so long, and then finally it comes out in theaters, and I go in to see it in theaters, and I was just like, well, that was worth the wait. Um, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, so anyway, the story is... Uh, uh, Henry um, wakes up in this lab, and he's, he's um, a multiple amputee. So he gets some cybertronic, cybernetic, whatever you want to call them, uh, limbs, a, an arm and a leg, and uh, also some cybertronic, cybernetic, whatever, uh, eyes. And uh, so, you know, there's some interesting camera work um, here and there because of his eyes. So his eyes are actually, you know... Um, you know, we're we are literally seen through his eyes, uh, and you know, someone else could potentially hack Henry and also be seeing everything through his eyes. So, so that's another you just a unique uh, addition to it is that his eyes are can literally record um, what we're, what uh, you know he sees. Uh, so you know, just uh, just more, just little things like that that just add to you know the authenticity and the uniqueness of the per of this particular project. And so he wakes up in this lab. And he's getting you know his, his this, this leg and this arm um, you know reattached or uh, attached to him. And the uh, doctor lady who is there says, "Hey Henry, I'm your wife. Do you remember me? What's up, homie?" And he's like, "I got nothing." because um, his mind is just, you know, kind of a blank slate. Uh, and so they, you know, start going through, you know, just the process of him, you know, like, working his arm. And then, oh, we're going to, let's go into this other room, and uh, and we're going to get you, 
uh, your voice. Um, and so, you know, you have a little comedy there with the lab techs, the lab geeks, uh, you know, like, oh, we can give you Darth Vader's voice, so, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, bam! The villain appears, and uh, things start to go wrong. Um, so Henry and his wife escape, um, and it turns out that this lab is in some sort of, a, you know, a plane or a floating something or other uh, in the sky, and so they um, paradrop uh, in a capsule down to the city of Moscow, um, and uh, things don't go very well. His wife gets taken away from him, and so now Henry is on a quest to survive and to get his wife back. And, uh, and that's the story. Um, there's some other stuff that happens that I'm not going to ruin because I'm not a big fan of doing spoiler casts um, unless it's like necessary to, to, uh, to talk about the stuff um, like I did with you know Marvel Infinity War. Um, but, uh, but I'm not going to do any spoiler stuff on this one. Uh, I will just say, like, oh man, this movie's just so cool and so much fun. Um, uh, Charlto Copley, um, you may know from, you know, as being the star of District 9 and, uh, also playing, uh, Crazy Murdoch in, uh, the A-Team remake with Liam Neeson and Bradley Cooper and, uh, Rampage Jackson of UFC fame, uh, you know, and Elysium and, you know, just all these great roles, so... So he's got a pretty big part in in this, and he just plays his and his. This is just a really crazy performance. I don't want to give anything away, um, but uh, really just amazing performance uh, by Sharta uh, by Mr. Copley. You know, uh, he it it just this is the kind of role that really is is a role that can showcase an actor's range and talent, and he he uh, delivers. Um, to perfection, you know, uh, just absolutely incredible. And he's actually one of the reasons this movie got made because, you know, they needed a, they needed some star power, and uh, and Charlto was just like really on board with what Ilya wanted to do with this movie, and you know was just a driving force to help get it made. And you know, I have to say, hats off to guys like that, to to you know actors like that that are willing to attach their name to a thing you know, and willing to work as hard as they can to help get, you know, to help, you know, a young up-and-coming filmmaker, or even just a new filmmaker, you know, just a filmmaker, a new filmmaker in general, you know, really kind of break the door down and be able to, you know, do their art and make, and make their stuff, and, uh, and I just love it when, when, you know, that happens, you know, um, because really, it definitely, because it also shines through in their performance, you know, when, when a performer believes in a project so much that they're willing that they you know are um, a linchpin that helps it get made you know you can see that passion and it translates into just excellent performance so you know thank you Charlto for for having Ilya's back you know um, <laughs> but uh, just so fantastic um, and the way that they uh, accomplish this first person um, view uh, perspective throughout the film was they mounted a GoPro on 
the performers face whoever was performing Henry and there were three people performing Henry Ilya uh, the director and writer uh, performed um, most of the acting quote unquote stuff uh, and then two other guys did a lot of the stunt work uh, that was you know just too dangerous for Ilya to do because he's the director and the writer um there are some incredible stunts in this film. I mean, absolutely extraordinary. I mean, I'm talking Tom Cruise Mission Impossible level stunt work. Um, and, you know, if any, I mean, if you guys, you guys have seen Mission Impossible, the, Tom Cruise is literally insane. Um, you know, I mean, especially this new one, Fallout. I mean, ugh, I'll talk about it when I see it because I'm going to do, that's when I'm going to do my Mission Impossible series. But I mean, when you're ta when you say Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise level stunt work, you know that is just the pinnacle, and that's what Hardcore Henry has, man. It's got just the most inc like some of the best stunts. They're just in they're just insane and amazing, and uh, you know, it's definitely a movie worth watching just for the technical aspects. You know, I mean, the story it's it's your very basic you know kind of revenge get my wife back uh, story. But um, through that comes, you know, just this amazing everything, you know, this amazing stunt work and, and acting from Charlto and, you know, the other cast members, these incredible action sequences and chase sequences and gun battles and everything like that. Um, it's just a spectacle is what it is, you know, absolutely spectacular. Um... But yeah, I guess there's not too much more I can say without going into spoiler territory, so I'm going to leave it there, um, take a quick break, come back, and we're going to be talking about James A. Caster. And you guys are probably going to be a little bit confused, but don't worry, Jim is here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort everything out for you. Alright, so stay tuned. So, James Acaster. Now, I'm almost entirely sure that none of you listening know who I'm talking about. Uh, let me explain. Uh, James Acaster is a stand-up comedian who just recently, oh, well, not too recently, it was a couple of months ago, um, had a stand-up comedy special released on Netflix. Now, I can already hear a couple of you going, wait a minute. Jim, stand-up comedy, that's not storytelling, is it? I mean, yeah, there are comics that tell stories, but they're all different stories, right? It's not all one story, is it? Well, that's the thing. This is uh, storytelling. Uh, it is a stand-up comedy story. And uh, the reason for that is the unique nature of this particular special in that it's four separate specials all in one collection. Now, any of you who out there who are stand-up comedy fans and are fans of Dave Chappelle also know that he came back to stand-up with, um, you know, his his own Netflix specials where he did, you know, two performances in one and then two performances in the other. And so this is kind of like that, but different. So Dave Chappelle's stand-up stuff, you know, is just your normal stand-up comedy, you know, this and that stuff, um, but this one is four episodes in one collection, and they're all telling this this one story, 
and uh, it's very very trippy and but it's uh, it's so amazing now um, you could start watching any one of these episodes um, and you know so you could watch one two three four you could watch two three four one three four one two four one two three in any of those orders you know but you do have to go you know da 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 um, you can't be like four three two one well maybe you could I don't know maybe I'll have to try that actually I guess I'll have to try that um, <laughs> but um, it's a, it, it, it is a story and that's what makes this so unique uh, in terms of being of a, of a project because it everything carries over like this you know all this stuff carries over from one episode into the next and just provides for a really unique stand-up comedy experience. Now, um, I've got to say, I had no idea who James A. Caster was before I saw this pop up on my feed on Netflix, and um, this is the only thing I've ever seen of his, except for one clip uh, I saw on Facebook that uh, where he was performing a joke from this particular special. Uh, I still know very little about him, um, you know, or anything for that matter. Uh, all I do know, though, is that he is absolutely hilarious. I mean, gut-bustingly hilarious. This, these uh, four episodes in the special have some of the funniest things I've ever seen in a, uh, from a stand-up comic. Absolutely extraordinarily hilarious. I mean, just top-notch comedy. It's smart, it's it's unique, it's different, it's, you know, all these things, and like I said, it's because of this storytelling aspect that it has that I've never seen from another comic. I mean, I've seen, you know, like the storytelling comics, like, you know, your Jim Jeffries and your, your uh, Lewis Blacks, where they'll, you know, and these guys will have, you know, 15, 20 minute, uh, 10, 15, 20 minute, um, segments that, you know, are just this whole big thing that they're talking about, uh, but this is across an entire show. I mean, he'll, he'll break off from the story element, um, and then he'll come back into it, you know, so, like, he'll, he'll go from talking about, you know, this or that, and then he'll talk about, you know, then he'll be, then he'll say something, you know, he'll be in the story, and then he'll say something like, you know, oh, if we, you know, if, if we as Britons just started saying boil the jug instead of put the kettle on, the, a collective weight would be lifted off our shoulders, and we'd be looking strangers in the eye and saying things like, I think we should return the elegant marbles. And then, you know, and then he'll go off and talk about, you know, he'll talk, and then he'll be talking about, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but everyone in Britain got on a big old boat, and we rode, and we rode that boat, and then we robbed everyone in the world, and, you know, and then so, and then he'll talk about museum erasers, and, you know, just something totally random like that, and then he'll whoop, bring it back somehow, you know, from Brexit into this, this story that he's crafting over these four episodes, and it's just absolutely fantastic, you know, uh, it's just, I don't want to do anything more from his, his routine than, than what I just did, because, you know, I just don't want to ruin these jokes for you, 
because they're just so spectacular. You know, um, I just love it so much. I mean, let me I'll, let me put it this way. This is how much I love this stand-up special. I have watched it probably 40 or 50 times. Not joking at all. And I'm not over-exaggerating. I'm not even under-exaggerating. I haven't counted, but I, I would say at least 40 times I've watched this special. And it doesn't get old to me at all. Um, I don't know what, like why, it, you know, but for some reason I just can't get enough of hearing these jokes over and over and over and over again. You know, um, I love it. I just love it, love it, love it, love it, love it so much. And I can hear Heath in the background. I can hear his, his head just like, okay, Jim, God, we get it. You love everything. I don't. But thank you for your contribution, Heath. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, hey, look, I just like talking about stuff I like um, and because I can talk about stuff I like more than stuff I don't like. I mean, if I had an episode where it was just all me crapping on stuff, it would be a pretty short episode. And, and you know, I mean, I like to throw in stuff I don't like here and there just to, you know, mix it up a little bit, but... You know, I mean, all right, fine. Here, because I was talking about stuff that, you know, this was whole episode with stuff I like. Here's something I don't like, and then we can we can move on and say that Jim sometimes talks about stuff he doesn't like. All right, The Last Starfighter. I hate it so much. I hate The Last Starfighter so much. Ooh! I, this, is how, this is how much I hate The Last Starfighter. And if you don't know what The Last Starfighter is, good. You shouldn't. This is how much I hate Last Starfighter. I didn't even finish it. I got about 15 minutes in, and I was like, this is crap. And I was like, boop, you're done. Voted, you're, you're fired, or you're voted off the island, or whatever, you know, pop culture reference you want to make about elimination. Um, hated it so much. So there you go, Heath. Something I don't like in an episode of stuff I, I love. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this James A. Caster uh, show, it's called Repertoire. It's on Netflix. I highly recommend checking it out, whether or not you're a fan of stand-up comedy, um, because, like I said, there's so many, there's just so many unique, different stuff, things in, in this, these, in this uh, special where that they really are changing what stand-up comedy can be. Uh, so there's just a lot of, like... It's not it's not even, like, different kinds of jokes, um, but it's, like, different stuff. You know, like, little bits that he does that, you know, just, you know, change, you know, just, you know, just, like, alter the way you could see a stand-up comedy performance going. And and I just love it so much, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just awesome. So James A. Caster repertoire, hardcore Henry, and pop star never stop never stopping. I highly recommend you guys check them out. Like I said, with pop star, you know, um, you're gonna want to listen to the soundtrack probably first. Uh, you know, it's it's rated R. It's got some pretty, you know, there's some you know pretty outrageous things going on. So I would check out the soundtrack then the trailer, and if it looks like something you might be into, then watch the movie. 
uh, Hardcore Henry, it's uh, extraordinarily violent. So, you know, you're going to want to, you know, it's, and it's super rated R. So, you know, you're definitely going to want to uh, shy away from that if you're not a huge fan of, you know, super duper extreme ultra violence. Uh, James Acaster, uh, I would recommend to anybody. Um, he only, he doesn't curse too much. He drops a couple of F-bombs, like maybe two or three throughout the, the entire, and these are 40-minute um, episodes, so, you know, and then maybe a couple, like, Hells or Dams, maybe. Um, but, you know, it's rated TV-14, so, you know, viewer's discretion. Um, but, yeah, I highly recommend these these uh, these three th projects uh, for, for your consumption. Um, that's going to be our show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, please tune in to our morning show with Heath and our other social media content at Mangami Players on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks again so much for stopping by for a nightcap. Good night.